0: I'm Ali Al Jabri, co founder of Quema, and I'm going outside the law. This is Outside the Law with your hosts,
1: Vince Taunina and Ryan Krupp. And we're live. So, welcome to Outside the Law. My name is Vince Tiramina.
2: And I'm Ryan Krupp. And this and Angela, where's Angela? Angela's not here. We traded. Last time I was not here. Angela, I, uh, she's uh, missing. It's a little mysterious right now.
1: Should we be worried about her safety? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what, no. What, what have you done with no. <laughs> Angela, Ryan? What is yeah,
2: It's just the Halloween episode. I was going with the spooky vibes. <laughs> yeah,
1: but what is she actually
2: doing? She's actually at a game. She has the, you know the Blues Crew. So she's she's
1: she's on the Blues Crew. She's
2: on the Blues Crew. She's at a game. She's not dead. And she's skating in the ice. Yeah, and I have an alibi, so that's okay. Exciting. All right, all right. We <laughs> want to
1: make sure because you know, this is kind of sketchy the way. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho, uh, our guest today is a very special guy. His name very. is Ali Al
2: Jabri. Welcome.
0: Thank you. It's pleasure to be here.
2: He knows. Uh, f- is it five different languages? That's right. Wow. We actually tested that out a little bit on the show. He counted up to ten in halfway Portuguese, halfway Spanish, and then what was this, What was the next one you did? Arabic. Arabic. Yeah. Arabic. And then also Swahili. Yep. What's the last? And then That's English cool. yeah, <laughs> is right. the last one that he oh, can I, thought, do. I was thinking five additional languages in English. So five languages. No, I'm lang- sorry. Just, five's not going to say. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. I'm exactly. just a little disappointed if you can't do more than five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. Between our Midwestern and uh, Southern accents. Right. So. Exactly. That's all we got between <laughs> us.
1: It is difficult. So, uh, you know, today, if you can't tell, so if you're watching at home, you know that I'm wearing a sweater today and that that is kind of unusual for me to be wearing a sweater. I wanted to really just make that a big point of
2: that. Well, you're going as... For Halloween, you're going as Mr. Rogers.
1: Actually, yes, that is true. As (laughs) growing up, I was a gigantic Mr. Rogers fan. I was locked to the TV every single day watching Mr. Rogers, that is true. And i got a great, perfect personality. I love everybody. (laughs) So, yeah, absolutely. You have a perfect
2: personality, if you do say so
1: yourself. Yeah, everybody... Including me, so i got like a great, <laughs> loving, amazing person. Mostly me, so I have a really great, you yeah. know, beaming personality, so. Well, my yeah.
2: uh, my voice is actually missing, so that I had the flu. I wanted to let everybody know that, so people are like, oh, man.
1: You were I, throwing up and stuff? I was. I was throwing up. Yeah, and you, your voice got really sore because you were it, throwing
2: up. Yes, that's exactly why. It's, it's gross. I was, it's miserable. Yeah, I, I was, wish you hadn't have shared that with the people yeah. <laughs> of, well, listening uh, at home. It could have got... A lot worse because it was pretty violent. You don't and sound too bad, really. Yeah, maybe it's a little. Loud. It sounds like I've got that.
1: You got a nice rasp to you, it's like you've had masby, a lot of cigars yeah. or something <laughs> the past few days. No,
0: that could be it too. It's kind
1: of cool. You could, I think some girls might like it.
2: It kind of goes with my Halloween costume. I was, uh, well, I was Tommy Shelby if you watch Peaky Blinders. I so, you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know watched, what it is. I know no, who the show I is. I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah, who don't watch it well, like, yeah. fortunately, I went out and I was like, man. I don't know if this is going to play at all. So I went out and... Uh, Did you get the hat on? I had the hat on. Okay, And people were like, oh, it's the Peaky Blinders. And I was like, nice, nice. Yeah. Just high fives for everybody. But then I ran into a couple girls and they were like, oh, you look like the Peaky Blinders. And they're like, you look like the dead one. yeah which i thought was kind of offensive yeah uh but but like it was like doubly offensive you don't know if they are like you look kind of dead or uh or if it was more like you know a
1: zombie blinder
2: well yeah you could have been (laughs) i I think they were kind of more going for there's uh
1: was he a good character, or was yeah, he, he like? like well, if he's a bad character, then you don't want to be compared to him. What right? is it?
2: Cillian Murphy is the yeah. He's the main guy. right? He's yeah, a, is that the guy you, you win at? Widely regarded as an attractive male individual, right? So when I get, and he's the main character.
1: He's the guy you win at, and he's not the dead guy. He's the one you win at. Yes. So, so are you? High, you're not highly regarded as an attractive I, no. male individual. <laughs> no, 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 that's no, no, me. no, 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 obviously no, that's not. Thing. Because
2: everybody considered me to be the dead guy. Right. Not.
1: Right against Cillian Murphy. Right. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I'm
2: slightly disappointing. Yeah. But I will live with myself.
1: Are you gonna go tomorrow with him again? No. You're gonna change it up. I quit forever. Do you really?
2: Yeah. Wow. No, I, I, I'm teaching a class. I teach a class on Thursday, so I'll probably dress up you know for the children.
1: You'd be a, yeah, you could be a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. Put a put a sheet over yeah. your head. I did almost thought. die oh, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. From yeah. the flu. Yeah, you don't want to do that. What are you gonna be for Halloween?
0: Um, um, I'm actually going to be a fake news reporter.
1: Really? A fake yeah. news reporter? Do you reporter. have a microphone?
0: Donald Trump style fake news? Yeah. No. Fake news is just taking the shit out of people. That's funny. good. That'll be great. <laughs> are you going like to interview people along the streets? Yeah, I'm going to walk around with a mic and I have a jacket that is just like full of fake news and like yeah. a fake news reporter tags.
1: Have you got a camera crew?
0: Yeah, of course. You should bring a camera crew with yeah, you. Totally, I rule, Yeah,
1: I people will, I will rule roll happy. with no, that. No, no, no.
2: That would actually... Yeah, if you have one big camera, you could trick everybody. Even
1: if As it's it. fake, yeah. Everybody <laughs> wants to yeah, be on TV. Yeah, get a cardboard box or something like that <laughs> right. and say it's a camera. So, yeah. and somebody <laughs> will believe it.
2: <laughs> what about yourself?
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to... i don't, Mr. Rogers. I don't like... I mean, that was a pretty good guess, actually, yeah. on your part. I mean, I don't like Halloween that much. I used to go around and... Law school and undergrad, I would just buy a fake mustache. I would be I would be Mustache Vince for the night because I didn't want to have to go and grow my own mustache. And so that's what I was. I was very creative. I'm a very creative individual, and I love to dress up as talent ha- for Halloween. And the most original costume I could think of was Mustache Vince. Mustache. So that was yeah. That was pretty much what I did. So I'm Welcome fun. To show Mustache Vince. Yeah, thank you. I'm 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 fun.
0: People get pretty creative though. It's crazy. They I, do. I, I was I was in LA last year in Hollywood, and there was probably oh like God. I want to say upwards of thirty thousand people. Are you like in the streets? And stuff? Yeah, in West Hollywood, it was nuts. I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Speaking of Mr. Rogers, did you see that sexy Mr. Rogers costume that some <laughs> people are turning <laughs> themselves Have You seen this thing? No. Yeah. There's no, literally they're selling because Mr. Rogers is hot right now because of the documentary, the Tom Hanks uh, yeah. movie that's coming out. Okay. And so they got this sexy Mr. Rogers costume for uh, you know. Uh, young women out there. And it's got like a, a, a really tight red sweater and short shorts that are gray instead of pants and maybe some tennis shoes. It's pretty How it's are pretty we going nice. to
2: transition this to our guest?
1: Well, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find a way. Speaking of really hot, sexy things, Ali, Al Jabri, welcome to the show. So... Tell us, you, 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 yeah, you mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> it was probably the best introduction, I think, that possibly could much? have been. <laughs> I'm, we're trying to flatter him. Sorry. Yeah, he's a big deal. I mean, wow. you told us at the beginning, you this introduced is. yourself as the founder of Quema. Yeah. What is that? Tell us a bit about that.
0: Yeah, so I co-founded Quema with my, uh, co founder Carmina, and we kind of started the company just around three years ago. It, it We came up with the idea because One of our friends was actually kidnapped in in Latin America, in Mm -hmm. Bolivia to be precise. And she was leaving the airport and had asked her mom for cab money. And she never made it home while her mom was waiting for her to pay for the cab. So she was like, what's, where's my daughter? So she started, like a couple hours later, she's like, something's wrong. Started asking her friends on Facebook. It kind of became viral, the news picked it up. And 36 hours later, like the kidnappers let her go. Wow. And they were gonna take her to a different country. So like it sh- the the city where she lived was on the border with Peru. So normally what happens is they take her to a different country for sex trafficking because right. it is the most lucrative business, even right. more than like narcotics and cocaine, for example. So that really shocked us, and it was just around the time where activity trackers became mainstream, like Fitbits and Garmin and stuff like that. And and I had one, and she had one too, Carmina. And we were like, what if we had like? A, she was like, what if we had like a magic button? And I was like. That sounds awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and we kind of just started working on it, and
1: here we are. Wow. So, yeah. what? How? How old was Carmina at the time? She was probably early thirties. Early thirties. Yeah, and she was getting kidnapped for the sex. Oh of, no, no.
0: Carmina is my co-founder. She was. Oh, I'm sorry. You,
1: how old was the the woman at the time? That she was mid
0: thirties, more or less. Mid thirties. Yeah. The one who was kidnapped was. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. And and at that age too, because you know, we hear sex trafficking, you always think of young girls and children and stuff, but even at that age there's a lot of that going on totally yeah so
0: it's a huge problem and that kind of shed light to what we were like shed light to protecting what initially was focused on women and gender-based violence right and that was a really interesting part of our journey to understand more and we ended up realizing that most of these women that were buying our, our wearables were were really working-class women who right. worked at companies, worked at the at the courts, worked at different positions, but they were most scared about their time in transit. Right.
2: So yeah. g- well, give us a, a run-through on the device, the yeah. magic button, if yeah. you will.
0: So basically we created this tiny device that's like that small, and we, we put it into different wearables. Okay. So this is all created by us. So this is one that I normally wear. It's a rhodium version. It has a magnetic clasp that you just plug in and just fix it and you can close the the bracelet however you want so it fits any wrist. it's pretty easy to wear you just have the like they're actually pretty famous now they're called the milanese straps so you just put it on like that and then you pull the magnetic clasp and adjust it boom huh
2: okay and And so where is the magic button on that thing right here on the right
0: okay so i press it for three seconds and it calls for help how does It, it do that so when you press it for three seconds, it syncs with your phone and sends an alert. So for purposes of this meeting, I actually created a dummy alert and oh, nice. I activated it on my way here. Yeah, and it tracked me all the way to where we are now. So it tracks wow.
2: your location, not just exactly where you are now. Yeah, it's tracking how you got there. Like it gives you yep. points of yeah. uh, reference along the way.
0: Yeah, we call them breadcrumbs. So oh, okay. like So it leaves breadcrumbs all across the way until until where you are physically. And that uses the phone's GPS. So, like, obviously, there are cases where your phone would be turned off. Right. But at least you sent out that initial alert, which does mean life or death. Like, it really right. does. Because when you're ever in trouble, be not even a kidnapping situation. Like, we work with social workers in Pennsylvania. Sure. And they they are child protective service agents that go to houses to see how the living situation for the kids are. For the kids they have to, their case studies are, right? Right. They're, and they they sometimes face situations of danger because they walk into a house that might be... Parents were drunk or like abusive, and as soon as they walk in, they can notice that the kids living under a pretty bad scenario right. or environment. So they feel at risk because they know that if she goes back and reports, right, they lose their children. <coughs> right. So that's like an example of a risk case that happens to to employees, and that's just one example. Right. So the reality here is that we empower employees to f- have more peace of mind when they work, especially when they're they're facing risk very frequently. Right to um, preventing uh, catastrophic events. That could be, I don't know, I got, something happened to me while I was m- working on machinery. I couldn't reach the emergency button on the wall, Right. but I managed, I could reach my bracelet or my badge and press wow. the button and actually get s- supervisor to be there for me and sure. not bleed to death or something. Wow. So there's so many different use cases that we've seen and we've let our clients tell us that, not vice versa. So it's been really exciting to see that evolution and the many different wor- use cases probably the most bizarre one i've heard is a, a company was about to do a massive layoff mm-hmm. and they asked us to buy like 40 units for all of their hr staff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. They're like we're about to fire like 200 people. Wow. Can we can wow. buy 40 wow. units to protect their hr staff? I was wow. like sure thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Whatever uh, whatever you need guys. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah,
0: so like it's it's been pretty exciting.
2: But tell me about the development of the product itself.
0: Yeah. So I'm um, Basically, it was really hard. Like, we started by first doing electronics, right? And we thought that was the hardest part. So, once we got the electronics to be pretty small, because it's inside this little thing. Right. And for, and those, the, for those at
1: home it's like, it, who aren't watching on YouTube, it's what is it, an inch?
0: It's, like, it's of, like the size of two quarters stuck size together. Size of two
1: quarters stuck together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So, so basically, after putting that, after creating the electronics, we're like, okay, now we just have to put this in some kind of wearable. Right. And then we're like, but wait, how would the electronics fit in a wearable and be activated? oh, we actually need like something to be in, in between electronics and the wearable itself. So we were like, okay, let's figure out how we can do that. Right. And then we started, we were figuring out how to do plastics. By the way, if you guys don't know, plastics is pretty expensive to prototype. Right. Like if you, a mold is upwards of 20K a pop, more or less. Just for a mold. Just for a mold. Holy so we were cow. like, okay, what's the best way to do this? Luckily, it just so happened we got support from this German accelerator that taught you how to do things a German way. Right. And right. I literally lived in a in a, in a factory for like... How long was it? Like almost two months. Over in in Berlin. In in Berlin. Berlin. Wow. And we got to learn best practices of how to manufacture. And it was mainly like around hardware companies, obviously hardware startups. And I met this one startup that had a beautiful product that they won like a lot of awards. I think it's called the Red Dot Award. The Red Dot Design Award. They created this sexy like thermometer type thing. It looks like a Nest, but it looks way better than a Nest. And it works. It's like interactive with everything in your household. Interesting. And I was like, so how would you guys do it? Like how would you guys design the plastics and stuff? He was like, "I would highly recommend you get like a Formlabs printer, and then from their prototype as much as you and can." Is that like a three
1: D printer? That's a three D printer. That's wow. really good. Yeah.
0: So he said, "Get that. It's mm-hmm. not so expensive." I mean, it's really comparatively. Rare. It was like yeah. eight thousand bucks or five <laughs> thousand bucks. So <laughs> right. it was not yeah. that cheap either. Right. But we we made that investment and we started prototyping it. This was all done in Mexico City. Wow. So you have an
2: engineer. Yeah, yeah. We okay.
0: have an industrial engineer who was mainly doing that. But like, it was right in our office, so we like had back and right. forth a lot of retro, and then we finally managed to case it. And then after we we sold like a hundred units to a domestic uh, violence nonprofit in Chile, okay. so they bought a hundred units, <clears throat> and they were using the three D printed version of this. Right. So after they used it, and we got feedback, and there wasn't really any problems with the device per se, and next thing you know, we're like, okay, let's invest in the mold now. Yeah. So, it so rid- did
1: you did you have the software and the app already developed yeah. before you started yeah. going to that? Yeah. Okay. So we
0: we had the app probably. Three months in, but it wasn't native. Okay, we had developed it on a cross-platform framework. Explain that. So cross-platform frameworks basically means that you write code for one once, and it works for Android and iOS. Okay. So it, it it's really it's really good to do quickly and kind of test how it works. Sure. And that that allowed us to get feedback to on our app. So we we did that in in Alaska, believe it or not. which is where Cuomo was born actually yeah so the idea came in when we were living in Chile and we started applying for funding and the first people to bet on us were um, a fund in Alaska called Launch Alaska wow so packed our bags we did and went to Anchorage spent four months spent four months in Anchorage in the wintertime oh hell no yeah from (laughs) in summer yeah from June to Septemberish a lot of black flies uh Not, not really, actually. Bad in English, There's no. a lot of moose and bears, but yeah. that's about it. And yeah. I was super paranoid after like having an encounter with a moose. Oh, so. well, I'm sure you were. I what was, was going <laughs> to say bear, but yeah, you went with moose. I guess moose... Moose, moose are huge. Moose kill more than bears, by the way. Yeah. They killed more they're, people in Alaska They're a lot more
1: territorial and aggressive.
0: Yeah. And, and here you are, this Kenyan dude who walks yeah. first day in Alaska, goes to a park, sees a moose <laughs> with his calf. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Bambi. So I walked close to it. I was going to take pictures of it. And I did. I was yeah. pretty close to the moose. Yeah. And then I go back to the co-working space. I'm like, hey, guys, look, I saw a moose on my first day in Alaska. Awesome. They're like, are you crazy? You're insane. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, maybe. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's no moves here, so you uh, maybe lucked out on that. Yeah, well,
1: you know, you, you talk about where all you've been. I want to get a sense for you before we go back to the software and the funding and all uh, that sort of stuff. I want to get a sense for you. Who are who are you? Tell me about you.
0: Oh, What's that's your background? a great question. Yeah, um, I think I'm culturally confused or yeah. diverse, depending who who's asking. But the truth is, I I spent most of my high school and. A university life in the Middle East okay where, I, where in the Middle East in Saudi Arabia and Doha and Qatar maybe yeah. but Saudi Arabia is where i lived the most life in Riyadh the capital so I went to an international school my friends were all like the United Nations like from all over the world sure um, and it was a great experience like for me it really opened my eyes I was exposed to so many cultures right so I I think the fact that I would spend maybe nine months a year in Saudi Arabia and three months a year in Kenya really like allowed me to kind of understand different cultures and see the benefits of like what kenya has to offer because i was growing up with people who had a lot of money like we're really well off like we're born into really rich families and that was good to a certain degree but it was it kind of got old you know what i mean so like to give an example one of my friends when i was around 16 he had a batmobile like a real Batmobile. A real mobile. Batmobile?
3: Yeah. Wow. One of those. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. was just like, whoa, like this yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And so
0: anyhow, so like that was an exciting part of my life. I have friendships that I still hold today. Sure. Actually one of my friends just was at my wedding like two nice. months ago. Excellent. So it's pretty exciting. And from all over the world too. Yeah, yeah, from right. all over the world. Like right. friends from everywhere. And that's actually part of why I moved to Latin America. So f- okay. after working and studying in Saudi Arabia, I one of my friends, one of my really close buddies from high school, was like, hey I I was living in Ireland. I was studying, did my bachelor's here. I'm now moving to Chile. I'm moving back to Chile. He's Chilean, Argentinian. Right. And he was like, do you want to come check it out? Like, it's a pretty cool country. I'm I'm actually coming back now after so many years. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds exciting. My sister had just moved to, like, uh, she moved to Minnesota to do her bachelor's. And she's been there for, like, probably a couple, three years. Okay. My sister was also living in the U.S. And I was just like, I think I'll do something different.
1: Yeah. And were you in the U.S. at that time, too? No, I was not. not. Okay. They were, were, they were, were, you doing, were you doing your schooling?
0: Yeah, I was doing schooling and working. That's where I used to work for the Channel 2, which was like a channel in, the, in Saudi Arabia. Okay. So I was like a coordinator for a TV show. Oh, wow. And I, I did voiceovers and stuff sometimes. Right. Anyhow, so I was like, that sounds awesome. I might go to Chile. So I told my dad that. He's like, are you crazy? Why are you going to Chile? Like, who, who yeah. the hell? He Who's down in Chile? Chile. Yes. What's up with yeah. Chile? I yeah. was like, I don't know. It just sounds exciting. It sounds yeah. cool. It sounds different. I was young, too. so he was like. Right. Well, whatever, if you really want to go then. Go ahead. So (laughs) I ended up going to Chile when I was probably early 20s. And I ended up with the best decision I ever made. I learned Spanish. I met so many people. I worked really hard. I learned a new language. Experienced a new continent. Right. I got to travel in Latin America and I fell in love with the continent and... And from Chile, I moved to Mexico, I moved to Brazil. So I lived in like the three major countries, I'd say. Right. And, and by way, I, I, I came to Miami, which was the first time I came to the US in 2016, actually. Okay. And actually, it's not 2016, it was 2014, I think, or 2013. The first time I came to the US, I went to Miami. Right. And from there, the rest is history, pretty much. I, I don't know if I really have somewhere I call home, but right. I do love investing in cultures. Right. So that's something that I do quite inten- intentionally. So yeah.
2: Let me take you back, you mentioned that in, it was the first, your first uh, prototype was a domestic violence shelter in Chile, is that correct? Yeah, first
0: users, yeah. Okay,
2: so uh, what what prompted you to use that as your first prototype and how did that work exactly?
0: Yeah, so um, we had a team member who was in Chile and he was presenting at this one event that was about innovation and security and the, the, the managing director of that foundation happened to be there, and he, he gave a pitch to the audience about his tech, about CREMA. so right. and the guy was like, hey, let's talk later, we actually like what you guys are doing, we think we can build like a community of uh, watchers or followers. So like the way we initially sold our company, which we, we still can activate, is if I press the button and it sends an alert, it can also notify anybody who has the app close to your location. So, like, if you don't know who hmm. I am, you might get a nearby alert. Yeah. You'll say, nearby alerts, do you want to help? Wow. If you say yes, you will see where you are and who I am. And then you can offer to be, like, like to offer help to that person. Right. So, based on that, they were interested in doing something internally with that, with all their, their, their victims and also their staff. So, from that, they saw a use case with the app. And then they also wanted to give the braces the most vulnerable uh, women in these case scenarios.
2: How was that? Pl- how did you find that that was pouring out in that scenario? And how did it functionally work?
0: It worked well because we managed to prevent two cases. Wow. So um, the reality is, this is what I always tell a lot of people, there's no one-size-fits-all solution for personal safety or right. even employee safety. That's what I think a lot of people are doing wrong. Like, the help I fall and can't get up. Like, that's a one-button-solved-everything one, one right. solution. And it's not true. Like, you need different types of intervention. And that's something that I've learned. Um, Think of it this way: from an abusive marriage, right, or a domestic violence situation, most of the women or men, mean, unfortunately, it's mainly women, who are in these scenarios, in these relationships, would not really call the cops on their husband because right. there's no turning back from that. Right. So they need that that intervention, or it's like a healthy amount. So, for example, the the case that we had, one of the neighbors got the alert, and went to the neighbor's door and knocked the door, and it's like, hey. Uh, I want to look and talk to my friend. Is she there? And that diffused that situation. Like de escalation. Right. Yeah, de escalation, exactly. Right. And then <clears throat> she can later on tell her hey, look, I came into your house already. Three times in the last two months. You like, need to call the police. You need to just yeah. walk away from that relationship. So right. that healthy pressure really helps her get out. Right. And that's the same thing with college. Right. Like in college, college students like sexual assault that happens. Sure. On campus absolutely. Is normally with somebody you study with, somebody you share classes with. So it's like a very sensitive topic. Right. But a just-in-time intervention method would be the best way to solve that because they wouldn't want to call campus police or nine-one-one on them on the spot. Right. If, but they if want
1: to file a complaint afterwards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Did, so no. do, do you? Does your thing? Does your device then? Contact people on their phone book, or does it contact the authorities too? So or they can do different things with it. They if can they want set to. it up, they can okay. set it
0: up. So, so that's it's really different. So, like, right. we, we had talked to a sorority here in the US right. that wanted to implement this in four chapters and kind of get their sisters, like, protecting each other. Sure, right. We still already probably, has, like, what, 50 to 100 sisters? Yeah, absolutely. And we could even create, we were even talking about making a wearable for it with their insignia, that's more like right. their branding, so it'd be kind of discreet, too. Like, hey, right. this is just jewelry right. with our branding on it. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, that, that's a perfect example of how that could work alone without, our, without us being involved, per se. Now, we, now we've moved a bit more towards, um, like, employee safety now, Sure. Which is where we're getting the best success because of the strict protocols that are in place for employees, like in like for example Mexico, we could, we have cases where we offer an A team, literally an A team that comes in and finds you, ex-military and can wow. extract you from any situation in fifteen minutes. And you partner with them to do that. Yeah, we partner with a security company that can offer that service. Wow. Are yeah. you able to? Do you find that you're able or have had success
2: in the United States with the same techniques, or is, do you find that to be a struggle or an, an, a barrier in your? Uh, you know, as you break into the markets here as well.
0: Not necessarily. I mean the the good thing is that we don't have a one size fits all solution. So like yeah. a user, like a corporation that has sales reps on the ground and might have to go to a dangerous part, I don't know, Chicago or Miami sure. itself. Right. Like having this, they could activate a nine one one feature or activate their corporate security that can send the right private security company to go to their help, right? Or even the social workers in the US, right? There they're sometimes in cases with guns and knives, right? Right. Like so, a scenario that we've seen, which is pretty really cool, is with convenience stores. So uh, you, kn- you must know convenience store con- clerks yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's oh, convenience yeah. stores are robbed very frequently. Sure. And gunpoint too, uh, with right. shots and stuff. Sometimes even killed for no reason. Or right. Or sexually assaulted. Right. Um, so something that we had we had been talking about playing the idea around, which we can totally do, is like having a smokescreen. In a store, so like if somebody presses their badge, yeah, the whole store takes over with smoke screen in three seconds and calls 911. one. Wow. So not only is it deterring the actual crime in the moment it's happening, but it also has dispatched police. Right. So the criminal only can walk away, because if they stay, they won't find the person trying to attack. Right. And by the time they find them, the cops are already there. Right. Yeah, that's so,
2: that's like a creative, you know, intervention techniques. I mean, yeah. we, we talked about the you talked about the first prototype three D design that yeah. went into Chile which you can see how that transitively works even here. I mean, I I'd, right. I'd prosecuted, and we just talked about this before, I would prosecuted oh. numerous individuals, uh, and you know, when you're young, and you're in the prosecutor's office, they're just like, here's a case, here's a case, here's a case, right. and yeah. when it's here's a case, here's a case, here's a case, it's here's a domestic violence case, here's a domestic violence case, here's a domestic violence case, why? Because they're so hard to prosecute. That's true. They're so hard to prosecute. Because people, as you said, do not want to call the police on their significant other on their boyfriend, right? I mean, there was a case where the only way we got it to hold up was the neighbor looking through a peephole and seeing this take place and then a drop of blood that led into the apartment that was caught on photograph as well. But, I mean, even in a situation like that, a de-escalation technique would have taken it out of the form of prosecution and into the point where it never would have happened at all, right? So instead of having somebody beaten and then going through the process of struggling to uh maintain prosecution you've prevented it altogether. perhaps yep. i think this is a, that's a pretty good breakthrough
0: yeah and and the goal is like is kind of shedding light to the problem right right because the more the victim notices that this is going to keep happening the better it is right and same thing with employees right the more they're like hey i'm facing this constant risk like finally my employers do something about it right right and that really makes a difference.
1: So did you start mostly in South America then? Did you really grew your market down there? Or did it really explode once you came into the US? What are you? To,
0: to be honest, yeah. it's been pretty mixed f- reviews. Cause like when we were in the US, we were kind of like living on campus in Alaska. Right. And like talking to students and getting their ideas. And you know, Alaska has like seven months of night. night. So like a lot right. of students were like, hey, I want to buy this, I can't afford it. Yeah. So like there, there was a very strong value proposition but it was more like maybe a money issue. Maybe we were still too early. We were still like finding out the market. Right. Um, but the truth is it, the perception of safety is really what is our sweet spot because, for example, in somebody in Mexico City or even outskirts of Chicago or even in some parts of St. Louis, right? Right. Like they might not feel comfortable walking at night at home. Right. So like yeah. those are our users, right? Those are the people who actually... Understand our product 100 percent, right? Because they face day-to-day risk outside in, in, in a general perspective, right? But then there's also the users who are constantly at risk at home, right? Or at work, sorry, maybe just with the machinery they work with, or the the places the places they're in charge of, the district they sell to, etc. So it really, is relevant is really relevant to that specific scenario, right? So we we kind of see ourselves as like a customized safety solution provider, sure. so. The truth is we've had success in Mexico, we've had success in, in the U.S. with some corporations and also governments or so social workers. Sure. Nationwide have the same problem because it doesn't matter if you're in L.A. or whatever city, Like, if you walk into a city, wh- if you walk into a house and something's wrong and the parent feels like they're gonna lose their, their children, right? Like they'll take drastic measures, right? Right, absolutely. So like, it's, a, it's a problem that's shared and that's something that we've we've identified like the low hanging fruit in terms of industries.
1: Right. Well, I'm even thinking too about, you know, my family, we're going to Cabo San Lucas in, yeah. in January. Yeah. Not really that dangerous a place in Mexico. I yeah. love it down there. It's a lot of fun. It's great people down there. Relatively safe to walk around at night. Mm-hmm. But this would be a really good device for anybody traveling on their own, own abroad or wherever else because, you know, you, you you are away from home if you're traveling abroad. Yep. And you want that that secure that sense of security, peace of mind. a peace of mind right. in case something happens. Because, you know, quite frankly, in some places, if you're in the wrong part of town in the city that you don't know,
4: mm-hmm.
1: you're pretty vulnerable at that point. Yep. And to have something like this on your person, if you're traveling abroad, or if you're in the U.S., Central wherever the West hell End. you are, Central West End. Yeah. This is a really interesting and great way to try to, you know, because no, no one's going to do anything to you if you reach, if you're, you know, pushing a button on your arm, really. not going to notice it. Yeah. If you're trying to reach into your your pocket to get your phone out, well, they're going to do something to you probably, yeah. right? This is a very discreet way of saying, hey, I need some help. Yeah. You know, that's what's so appealing about it to me. Yep. Well,
2: how did you get your... We kind of went. So you got your first startup investment from Alaska. Yeah. Uh, how did you transition from there?
0: Yeah, so it was not that much money, to be honest. It just allowed us to get the ball rolling, sort sure. of. So with that, we made the first version of electronics. We had a very experienced uh, chief product officer who was more of an electronic engineer. So he he probably has 35-plus years of experience. Sure. So like he actually helped us get really cut corners in when it comes to min- miniaturizing electronics. Right. And that really pushed us forward to have that done at a fraction of the cost with a team member like that. And... From there, we kind of figured out what we what, what options we had. We were understanding more of the market, and we started applying for grants. and We ended up getting several government grants from the Chilean government was one, okay. and we got an investment in Cincinnati. So we ended up moving to Cincinnati early twenty seventeen. So most of these like most of the trips that I've had in the last two and a half years have been for Quema because like Quema's got investment here, a grant there, right. network here, et cetera. and to be honest, like, as, as a founder, like, you have to be really resourceful. Right. So, like, we've, we, we had one of our mentors who was, uh, his position was, like, um, OEM director for what Apple. Is that, what does that stand for? Um, original equipment manufacturer, okay. I believe. Okay. Director for Apple. So, wow. like, he, he used to get uh, a laptop and it was told, like, hey, this is a laptop prototype of the MacBook Pro. Can you take this to China and get it down by... 800% price cut or something like that. Wow. Right? So when he saw, he was kind of a mentor for us. We had like probably three sessions with him. Right. He started. How you all, like, how'd you all meet him? We met him in Massachusetts. Okay. And it was during accelerator there. Okay. There's so many. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, there's so many uh, pinpoints here. I'm
2: like, yeah. i to draw one of those CSI lines. Yeah. Like, right. you know, Seriously. You know, it's like yeah. a, where they take the yarn out and physically like pin yeah. here. Right. Alaska, pin here. Right. Uh, Chile. Like you're. Yeah. So now you're pit, pit stop in Kentucky. Yeah. Where you learned that. Uh, to count to ten by skipping a few numbers yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the massachusetts yeah In okay. massachusetts and yeah. when you
0: were there he taught you all he didn't really teach us per se but he kind of gave us feedback like hey you guys are too small to talk to like a bigger company okay but this is really impressive how much money did you guys this with it and he right. was like wow like i have co- companies i'm mentoring that's raised millions and they have not created something that you've created so like i'm wow. very impressed so like that that just that shows that we were also like very resourceful right with the little money we had uh-huh. to to push the needle right Right. So, like, unfortunately, like, what people see, like, from the startup scene, it's like, oh, you're doing a cool startup. Oh, you raised a couple million dollars. Oh, you're banking. Oh, like, that's not the truth. Like, it might be the truth for some parts of the world, like, some parts of the states. But in reality, it's quite the struggle. So, for us to get to where we are, we really had to be passionate about what we're doing. Right. And that really helped us get to this position.
2: And I like also that, and we talked about this earlier, is that, the passion of what you're doing actually comes from a story, right? Yeah. The passion of every real entrepreneur's vision comes from a story. Mm-hmm. And for you, it comes from somewhere real, yeah. which I think is unique and, you know, especially to successful companies. Yeah. Uh, and so how how did you, I guess, transition to, where you, to the, where you are now? Like, what what really, like, brought you in and, and, and where are you now?
0: Yeah, so I feel like we... We literally were listening to the market as much as we can. And that kind of helped us get to where we are today, where we have a strong focus on employee safety. It doesn't mean that we won't do work that's, that's with nonprofits yeah. and, stuff and governments. It's just that we, as a startup, I think it's really important to like really hone in on your market and focus on it. Uh-huh. And for us, in the last, I want to say, year-ish, we've been doing a lot of that and finally been getting the results that we deserve. We surround ourselves with people who are like, smarter than us. Like We have advisors. Like One of our advisors is a chief security officer in Israel who gets like, first cutting-edge solutions, who's done some serious like, missions with the Israeli Air Force and stuff. So we get to learn from people of these kind of profiles and understand where we can best invest our money. Right. One, to make an impact and save lives, and two, to make money. Right. So like, it's kind of the double bottom line, and that's kind of where our, our passion is set.
1: I want to talk about how you're meeting some of these people, like, yeah. like the Israeli guy. I mean, are you, are you going, is it through your grant programs? Is yeah. it through just the connections you've made over the years? Of- so
0: so I get a lot of scrutiny, like people are like, oh, you've done like five accelerators or four accelerators or four blah, 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 answer name here. Right. And I'm just like, you know what? The truth is, like, I didn't have the privilege of having like a network that I could just tap into whenever I wanted. Right. So... I, I kind of find that the reason why I enjoy doing accelerators one because I love traveling as you already know. Right. I, I love right. exploring new cultures, right. but mainly because I build networks of people who, are, who have been there, done that. People who I wouldn't necessarily wait for chance to meet with, you know what I mean? Right. Like I'm very intentional in that sense. And that's why I do appreciate these accelerators that I could just come and like, one, they give us investment or they don't just sponsor us for a couple of weeks, couple right. of days. And end up meeting some really cool people. Like, for example, I got to go to some private events with Pitbull. Like oh, that's cool. 20 hey, people. Yeah. Pitbull was one of them. Like, Miami. this is an example of, yeah, yeah it was in yeah. Miami. It was yeah. in yeah. Cayocho. Yeah, yeah, sure, it was in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, in yeah. Cayocho. So, like, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and there's, like, these small things like that where you get to meet, like, people you really look up to. Like, another one is somebody we really look up to as well in Miami. His name is Marcelo Claude, and he runs the biggest um, VC in the world that's run by SoftBank. Right. Called Vision Fund. So he, he used to be the CEO of Sprint. Right. And we bumped into him, he even tweeted us, right? He's wow. like, I love you guys' mission. That's awesome. cool. Yeah. So, like, these are opportunities that you get because you are intentional about going to the right places right. and being around those kind of people, right? Well, and explain to folks
1: the pro- whole process of the accelerator deal? Because e- even to me, yeah. I know some people who've gone through it and who, who are doing it currently, but explain. To, it's kind of a
2: buzzword. It's kind of a buzzword. Right, it's, it's, a for, new, yeah. it is, it's
1: a hot new buzzword on the street, especially in St. Louis right now and really
0: anywhere that you go. Yeah. What, what is What's an accelerator? So in my perspective, an accelerator is somewhere where you come with kind of needs and you, you present to either uh, an organization that their job is to accelerate companies, right?
1: And it's not just financial needs. It's any kind of yeah, it's needs. Yeah, Some to accelerators
0: get- give you money, some don't, right? Okay. So like, and there's also like an incubator too, which is right. more like a location-focused thing. Right. Most accelerators normally give you money, mm-hmm. and they focus on really accelerating your business. Right. So main accelerators are not really for ideas. In some very rare cases, they do accept ideas. But, but most of them ref- require, like, you have thought it out a bit at least. Right. right? And... And for me, the way I've always gone to accelerators is like with clear needs that I want. Right. So when I'm when from day one, I know what I want from this accelerator. Right. And I think that's the right way to do it. Some people just like go to accelerators just to have fun and just chill out. Right. right. But I think that's the best way to do it: go to an accelerator with like really specific. Hey, I want to leave this program with this. Right. And with uh, a clear purpose. Yeah, with a with a clear mission, with a clear yeah. objective by the end of the three, four months, or two months, or one week, and or whatever period. I, I
1: guess you know you talk about you got to have a clear vision. When you started this thing, after the whole kidnapping thing, where did you begin? Because, you know, that's the hardest part of the whole thing, is, okay, I've got this great idea, now I've got to do it. Mm -hmm. Were were you always interested in tech side of stuff? Were you tech savvy at all growing up? Yeah,
0: so not growing up, per se. This is my second startup. So my first startup, we were, my same co-founder, by the way, uh, created a... A tablet-based learning platform. Okay. So it worked on tablets. It was just software that didn't need... It was an app. Sure. And it didn't need internet. So, like, it would work... It would synchronize when it would connect to the internet and send results or upgrade your your digital content. Sure. But it literally allowed schools to go, like, paperless. Wow. So we did that in 2012, we started that company. And we kind of shut it down in 2015. Right. But we had already scaled to three countries... And well, it was pretty exciting stuff,
1: right? And so you had that base at least to start yeah. with, this programming base, and yeah. people you knew who could help you do that sort exactly. of stuff. Exactly, yeah. And so that's—is that the first place you went then, when after you got the idea?
0: And what do you mean? What, what, well, where the fir-
1: well when you when you first got the idea for for uh, yeah. Quema—is it, is it where did you go? Did you start just programming right away, or how does that work? I don't even know how that works. Yeah,
0: so like literally. I think we we started first by like focusing on the brand, thinking of what right. the company would be called. Right. What really are we focused on? Who are our users? And then we started creating like ups of the software. Okay. And then from there we started developing the software. Okay. And how long was that process? It probably took us a good six months, I'd say at least.
1: And did you you hired outside people to help do that? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So
0: luckily at the time I I had a consulting gig where we helped technical founders technical founders with. Their business and fundraising side of things. Right. So, we're doing this in Latin America, in Chile. Right. So, I don't know if you've heard of Startup Chile, but it's one of the biggest government programs in the world. Okay. And yeah, they, no. I don't know. So, they, they give $40,000 equity free, which wow. means they don't take any wow. from you. And they expect to be in Chile for six months. Wow. And they That's have a really nice they, program. They, they're investing in 100 startups at a pop. That's a brilliant program. Uh, what did they get out, the out of that? Um. So what's the, I, I want to get this. So they're this. doing, they're actually one of the best success cases to okay. change, to changing like a cultural shift. Right. So like after these entrepreneurs came, all they had to do in return was kind of speak in public about being an entrepreneur, about tech and kind of like putting this little spark in sure. students and people to start startups, start tech yeah. companies. Right. So that's literally what you have to do. Like you have to do like maybe speak at five universities or give five talks and you get the 40K. So with wow. the
2: idea in mind that then the community will grow, start in their Jewish? own startups, get their eyes There you yeah. Yeah. go. There you yeah. go. There you
0: go. And actually the founders of Visionary who came up with that idea, he went to, he was at, I believe it was MIT or Harvard, and he saw all these genius kid, like these genius foreigners right. being rejected for visas. He was like, what the hell? This guy's so smart. Why is he getting not getting a visa in the US to work here? Like he'll help the co- economy of the country so much. So he went back and told his ministry of economy, like, dude, I see these geniuses from my school that are getting rejected visas and going back to their country and probably l- getting a pretty crappy job or people who can't afford him. What if you create this program to bring the smart geniuses to our country who can create social change? And the guy was like, okay, here's $2 million, prototype it. Show me that it actually works. Yeah. It started working. you started Chileans ap- apply to be tech entrepreneurs, and then it just wow. had a huge revolution.
1: So and so that's where your seed money came from. Though. Yeah, so like okay. forty
0: thousands, where most seed that's where it came from. My first company, right, that was the first investment you got. But for when we're doing the consulting company, all the hundred stars that came in, a lot of them are technical co-founders. Right. So we had our bread and butter right there. Right. So from a hundred, a hundred teams every six months. Wow, that's a pretty good pipeline, right? Wow, that's a huge pipeline. Yeah. So like every right six pipeline. months, we had hundred teams to sell to. Right. Some were technical founders Like, hey, we can help you with like making it more. We can. We call it trop- like tropicalizarlo, which uh-huh. means we can make it, we can tropicalize it yeah. for Chile. Yeah. So that you can leave with a pilot, you can leave with a client. Sure. So like, we, <laughs> wow. people are coming from like, I don't know, Romania, yeah. like right. India, Australia, right. like what do they know about Chile and Latin America? Almost nothing. Nothing, yeah. So, so like we kind of helped them internalize that and sure. then put a the strategy and it was, it was pretty good. We we're making fat cheese like really quick. We right. make good money. We got off our feet from my first company, which we had some debt in, we paid off the debt and we were in the green like in right. two months so wow. it's great
1: that's huge and then and then after you got your software and everything done that's when you started prototyping the so actual we didn't physical start electronics
0: until we got an investment because we said okay it's hardware right it's not the same as like, software right. software you can you can literally live off pizza and beer and like right. pay a cto some money and you can get it running okay hardware it's a bit more serious because if right. i if i ship this it, it and doesn't work. That's a lot of money. You're shrewd, yeah. so, so
1: so what were you so then after you got the software up, what do you do then to get to the hardware phase? You start yeah, going so around and we, doing We applied for funding, Excel, right? Okay.
0: And that's when you got the first investment from the Alaska Fund. Okay. Oh, okay. And from there, the rest is history. Like the other investors started coming in. We probably had some months where we didn't have any salaries and we told our team members were paid like whatever we could afford. Right.
1: And how many team members did you have at the time?
0: Um I think we had four between four and six at every oh, given wow. time. Wow. Yeah. And you've got how many now? We're around eight people right now. Okay, it's so a lot of grind. Yeah, a lot of grind. Most of our teams in Mexico, so like right. Mexico has been good to us in that sense. Like they're we find good talent. People are loyal. We have key team members that we really depend on. Right.
2: Wow. What about manufacturing? I mean, how do you go about that? Do you like do, you do consulting on what? Because you, you mentioned uh, the MacBook Pro, and they're like, yeah. you know, give me eight eight hundred percent. You know, yeah. Like, how, how did you figure that portion out?
0: So. Really, by being in the right places and working with people who know that. So we yeah. have an advisor who who was our chief, who's the guy who created electronics. Okay. He's now our advisor, not an employee because we can't afford him. Right. Right. But, <laughs> right. but um, he he kind of gave us the schematics of the electronics, and like once we worked with him, we, we improved it. So we kind of con- he was like he was working with us to get it to where it needs to be, and you can there's a lot of platforms to do it. You can just upload a schematics, and get it manufactured. So we currently have a relationship with a manufacturer in Massachusetts, okay. who's okay. who's doing our electronics. Right. The mold we invested in was through Germany. Right. So the German company is manufacturing our plastics in China and Hong okay. Kong. Okay. And then our jewelry is made in Korea. Okay. So like it's all assembled in the US and exported from the US. Sure. How do you see
2: this developing in the future for your target market, for the employees, uh especially? But you know, and I guess uh in preventing violence against women, which I think is it primarily serves the purpose of, yeah. right? Uh, how do you see this developing right now, like into the future, I guess?
0: Yeah, I mean, for us, I, I think as long as we can ma- maintain a good cost structure, which we already do maintain a good cost structure, it could be way better, totally. But for what we offer and the value proposition we give, like we have a good cost structure. Right. So for us, what it really matters goes down to is who our client is. Uh. to give an example the city in mexico that have approached us online via chat and this is like the security no it's the it director of a whole city probably like two million people city well, and they want to offer wearables to all of their citizens
1: wow to all of their
0: citizens yeah, so, holy cow. so in that case obviously cost is a big e- deal oh, yeah so what we what we have to do there is kind of like look at best optimization of that right, right. how can you best optimize that maybe we can have it all shipped to the city right. assembled in the city create a job in that city so like it's more like hey we're actually creating jobs in your city who are assembling the products itself
1: right and then not take away from the other clients you've got all across the world that's that's a really difficult challenge i'm sure to be able to try to tackle yeah
0: so i think we were i'm not sure if this was i'm pretty sure it was intentional but let's just say it wasn't just to be humble yeah um (laughs) yeah the fact that we created this device it really helps us be very flexible Mm -hmm. and 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 easy to customize, and easy to do different things at the same time. You know right. what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I'm not really investing in R&D. Right. I'm more investing in R&D of the wearable. Right. What's the wearable form factor? Which is a bit easier because you have a Formula S2 printer now. Right. We can also quickly get molds for metals that are way cheaper than molds for plastics. Right. So we have ways to do quick prototypes, depending on what the user wants. So like, I don't know if like a hotel chain tells me, hey, we want to buy a hairpin that goes in the hair of all our... Housekeeping staff because they're getting sexually assaulted right. all the time and suing us. Right, I could do that. Yeah, pretty easily. Yeah, is there is there
1: a way to scale down that black chip you've got there to make it even smaller to hold all the? That heart?
0: that, I mean, that could be, look a, into that that all could be a possibility. But yeah. at the moment, it it has not constrained us from business. Right. So like that's that's something that has been working our favor so sure. if there's not a problem why make it a problem right sure That's kind of how i see it and then
1: in terms of getting your business are you going around personally to different places just contacting different people to try to set up meetings to go and show them your product or are they contacting you or you got to the point now where people have heard word of mouth hey listen you got to talk to Ali yeah so this.
0: i think a bit of both okay um i i create some buzz my co-founder and i create a lot of buzz with the company sure um so that helped us a lot like also get in front of the right people right inbound wise we also did a lot of content marketing okay um we don't really invest in ads and stuff right but we are pretty well ranked in seo when it comes to specific things right um but in reality most of our work is more outreach okay because and and also like social selling through like our networks and stuff right so a mixture of all three gets us a healthy number of pipeline that we k- move conversations forward with, and this is like not really a very specified business part, right? Like right. It's, it's a new product that uh-huh. there is no real alternative, right? So it's been pretty exciting to see that. Absolutely. So I mean, you
2: mentioned the flexibility. You mentioned uh, like the hairpin or things like that. So that, so that you don't have to manufacture their wearables, right? You don't have to like yeah. change the wearables. You're not investing in R and R- 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 D, but well, like. Uh you mentioned sororities as well. I mean, yeah. have you uh considered uh branching out into that or I mean you know, are you thinking about lines or what do you think?
0: Yeah, so for us it's I think as any entrepreneur you have to kind of prioritize your markets in chronological order. So we kind of are doing that. Right. So employee safety is at the top of the uh-huh. pyramid and then work our way down, right? Or vice versa, as the bottom of the pyramid and goes up, right? Right. So like um for now the best way to optimize our time and our technology is by doing that because one, we're getting clients that are giving us enough for us to continue giving them service and two, they're direct users, right? Right. Uh-huh. And then from there we grow and that's how we're intentional we're being, right? right. But in reality, we have like this the city. I was going to look for the sure, city. Yeah. city came to me. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, Man, that's let's amazing. talk. <laughs> yeah, Two million, that'd yeah. be great. Did, yeah. yeah, so like I think it's it's a bit of both. Right. But it's important to be focused on what what is what is your long-term strategy and what is right. your intentional strategy versus what's your luck and Wh- so the intentional side is employee safety
1: when and what made you decide to change towards the employee safety side cuz i mean originally the idea obviously was to prevent you know people from going from getting kidnapped or yeah. sec- you know domestic abusers which obviously that's still a big part of what yeah. you all are trying to do but what made you decide the transition and realize okay actually there's also a market here for yeah. either housekeepers, house cleaning people
0: in yeah. hotels, you know, manufacturing facilities, whatever it might be. Yeah. So that's exciting. So it's funny. One of my one of our angel investors always says, hey, look, man, like you guys are doing awesome work. I love what you guys are doing. I love the social component, but everybody's going to love what you do. Right. So make sure you ask them, like, how the hell are you helping me? <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> what are you bringing to the table? Right. Like, it's cute. Like, I have a. That's, that's cute. Nice. You like yeah, it. Yeah. yeah but have a, Yeah. A dime a dozen people doing that, right? So for us, what really shocked us was like we we were on the news in Pennsylvania, okay, and uh, a company reaches out. I mean, a, a government entity reaches out and says like, hey, I saw you guys in the news. Like, they called the number of the office we were staying at, right? And like, hey, we saw talking in the news. Can you pr- be like your bracelets? you might want to buy some for our social workers. Can right. you come in for a meeting? I was like, yeah, sure. Does tomorrow or next week work? She was like, um, yeah, but I'm kind of. Like, ur- this is kind of urgent. Can wow. you come today? Can you come now? I yeah. was like, yeah, when? Yeah. Like, now? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll be there in like 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I show up. I show up. I give a demo. And the whole, everybody was there. Right. And I give a demo of the dashboard, too, which is like the, webs- the web part of it. Right. And show the alert. I do a demo. The alert goes off on the dashboard on the phones. They're like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah, we could totally give it to our employees. Yeah, and the social workers, I do that. Yeah, when they go in the house, And they're cool. Yeah, okay. All right, cool. We're going to, we, we're interested. Um, you know what I'd like to do? i like to have a meeting with um, the 911 guys before we make the purchase. I was like, yeah. sure. Next week, I had the meeting with the 911 guys, like the chief of or like emergency Police management. and stuff, yeah. 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 And they were like, they were grilling me. They were really tough. Oh, and I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah, how do you prep for a meeting like that? Oh, yeah. I don't even know if you can. Yeah. Anyhow, so I'm there, like, hey, I walk in the room. I'm like a minute late, like literally like right. a minute late. And they noticed, earlier and they noticed yeah. a minute earlier, a minute late, like one yeah. of the two. But either way, everybody was there, like long table. there was maybe yeah. like eight people, including the people who were going to buy from us. And yeah. I was just like, hey. Hello. I had the head of the table. I was like, okay. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> I walk in. Yeah. I sit down. Yeah. I'm presenting what we do. And um, next thing you know, the, they had like a lot of interference in their, in their field, in right. their actual offices. So he said, like, it won't work here. So let's, like, let's go outside. The chief was like, walk with me. We'll activate it outside. The guys will stay here and look at the dashboard and see when the alert goes off. Yeah. And then we'll come back. I was like, sure, sweating bullets, for sure. So I go there, are sweating bullets. We walk around, maybe like uh, eight-minute walk around yeah. the block. Activate the alert. We walk back. We come back to the office, and the TV is there, and the alert did work. It showed where we walked. It had breadcrumbs. Wow. I was like, oh, it did work. Cool. Yeah, it works at the alarm. Okay, cool. Yeah, it does work. Yeah. So then the guys like, great. So Ali, I like a proposal. So we can buy some. This is how much we're thinking of buying, and and then the 911 guys were the hardest guys. We're like, look, we can't endorse any tech company or any tech products, but if you guys want to buy this, t- if you guys want to buy this, we'll support you with the responses. Wow. And wow. I was like, cool, cool. So I walk away from the proposal. A Month later, we have a PO and we're doing business.
1: And so that that was kind of the initial start. Okay, we actually have something here for not just. You know, individual ordinary users, but for companies to actually start, it, and, and different organizations to start using
0: it. Not necessarily was the first time, right? Because we had we were working with security companies at that right. time, so security companies were selling it to enterprise and 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 users too, and some insurance companies too, right? But it was the first time we identified like safety staff within right. an organization, right? And then following up to that, I think a month later or two months later, one of the people from the risk management. Of that whole city Yeah Came to Like I was at a networking event And I was And, and that, she saw the polo I think Right And she was like Hey you're from Crema. Oh you, we adopted you guys Yeah Oh great work You're helping my job so much Absolutely Like are helping yeah. us do this, help this Like she just went on and on I was like Right Holy yeah. moly What's going on here You don't realize the impact yeah. You have until you see something yeah. like that And then as a risk management coordinator She was going on and on About how good it was for her Her staff that were on the ground And I was like Ding yeah. There must be risk management coordinators in the private sector. Right. And safety. And it doesn't mean that we, we also right. are working with other counties, but right. like in cities we're just like, this is no brainer. Right. It's
2: like it kinda it seems like it kinda cuts a little bit of the hustle because there's people like the companies in the private sector, they hustle themselves to provide safety. Like they need yeah. to, they need to provide safety. Yep. You know, they're under the block. They're under the chopping block at all times. Uh, they need to provide safety for their employees. They're looking for that option. So it's like you can feed the company, sale, you know, sell sell to the company, which can buy in mass quantities or whatever and provide safety to the whole organization, yep. rather than you know hustling to sell individually. Totally. Which is you know it's like <laughs> it, paying yes yeah it's my, hard to do right right yeah. buy my what which is like person to person sales right which I know uh, a lot of people prefer the business-to-business aspect of it, too. Yeah. Uh, but I also think it's a pretty unique story how you got there. Well, and
1: are you doing bis- a person-to-person sales, too? Like, do you have any contracts with, you know, Best Buy or someone like that or Walmart to sell these no, things consumer-wise
0: no. we, We're not? talking to a jewelry Brown right now that okay. might want to license our tech. Right. But it, that's that's as far as we went right now. In Mexico, we were doing person-to-person sales. Yeah. And we were selling quite a bit. License,
1: to li- wait, license it in what way? Like to be able to put it into their own jewelry collection? Own jewelry stuff? Okay.
2: That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about badges? I mean, have you like, have, I don't know if we talked about this like or badges, I what do you mean badges? Yeah, like company employee badges. Yeah, yeah, so oh, we're, we're, we're doing that
0: ourselves in-house. Okay, We are working with a company right now that's going to be creating it with us. It'll still be our IP, though. Right. So it's pretty exciting. You know, who
1: does the casing for your all stuff there?
0: So we uh, worked with a jewelry designer based in New York who's worked for some pretty big brands. Okay. And she, getting the dimensions of our device, she engineered, like, the, the the outside and how it would fit, how it could fit in, and she also helped us find the manufacturer in yeah. Korea for the jewelry. And did
1: you all find her through your all's accelerator stuff? And is, um, How
0: did you all come across her? I'm not 100% sure. I think we had a post on Indeed and some other websites back then. Okay. And she had applied for a job with us. Okay. So we we contacted her. We liked her vibe. We yeah. talked several times and then we finally ended up working together that's pretty cool
1: so Wait, how, how long have you all had those products those, those products for then has it been um, a couple of years or are you so, all always changing them
0: no we uh, we we had our product ready um i want to say early 2018 okay. late 2017. we were actually at ces where we launched it okay last year so cs consumer electronics show okay, last yeah. yeah yeah it was pretty cool um, so we we were showcased amongst like Nokia and Garmin and like Festina. Oh wow! So we had like this really cool reel. It's pretty dope. Yeah, it was a high high for us. That's really cool, dude. Yeah, yeah and, that's and a CES, big that's a big deal. CS in Las Vegas and is pretty crazy. Like there was probably, hundred fifty thousand people. Holy were just cow! Just meeting a bunch of people the whole day, pitching people our product, like yeah. pitching in Portuguese, Arabic, Spanish, right. English. I bet you were worn out. Oh, my feet were killing me at that yeah. end of the day.
1: But you still probably went out afterwards. Yeah. You oh, ha- you ha- you're
0: in Vegas. You yeah, have to go out. Yeah, like literally, you're just out the whole time having cigars, right? Talking oh, people, nice. meeting people from everywhere. It was just fun, like going to a bunch of shows there. Yeah, because like this, the see, especially if you have a badge for CES, like it really is a, a crazy show. Well wow.
2: it plays, man. You get to have Ali's a fun guy. Yeah, that well, I can tell. I tell tell he's a fun he's guy. he's got a lot of personality. You can't, you didn't know, but when he came in here, he was like dancing. And he cracked a few jokes at Vince real quick, which I actually appreciated. Uh, I, 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 I like a little... I could take, uh, take the heat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was, uh, I was like, come on, eat. Because I told him I had the flu. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I'm staying away from you. You're gonna yeah. be killed or something. And I was like, Oh, he's like, oh, I'm kidding, man. Yeah. I
3: don't
0: care. Yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> well, well, while he's no, scrubbing no his one, hands no with the uh, Yeah, I'm flu. like, Give me extra. Yeah, give me some freaking yeah. <laughs> some he's, sanitizer, please. Right. He's
2: yeah. sanitizing his hands. He's like, I'm just playing with you. I'm like, No, you're not. Right. <laughs> well, I, I want to. Uh, <laughs> okay.
1: I want I want to take us back to what how you got here because now you're in St. Louis. Yeah. Now you're at Ke- our great friend Brian Dixon you you with him at Capital uh, Innovators, Yeah, innovators. Innovators. yeah. Uh, tell us about that and how you how you found them and, and decided to come here.
0: Yeah, so um, I I had the the luck of when Cuomo was maybe like two months old. Okay, we were finalists for Arch Grants, so I actually came to St. Louis for the first time. Um, spent just three weeks here, more or less. Okay, I really liked the city; it was cool. Yeah, um, I believe I did hear we did hear about Capital Innovators then. Um, didn't really ring a bell as much, but we were like stuck on Venture Cafe's uh, mailing list. Right. And I, I believe I had an email that, that, was, that had Capital Innovators on the threats and like, hey, applications are open. St. Louis, if you're this, blah, blah, focused on et cetera, et cetera. And I, I did hear of Capital Innovators. It has a pretty good rank in terms of accelerators nationwide. Sure. So it made sense for us because we were at the stage where we're like, okay, we understand who we want to sell to corporations. We understand that dangerous cities is where at least dangerous dangerous cities in stats is right. where we want to be. Right. So most people are like, oh it's dangerous here, I don't wanna live here. We're like, Mexico City, I love it. It's dangerous. Yeah. Let's go there. Let's go. And, yeah. And even though it's a great city, like it's just a perception of danger of safety. Right. right. It's yeah. all perception. Anyhow, um, seeing that it really did make sense for us to to apply. Right. And we had clear asks, which I think was part of why we got in the program, because we're like, hey, I want to come here. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. Right. Can you help us do that? Right. Yes or no? And they kind of figured it out and said yes. They can definitely help us. Right. So that's kind of how it would made sense for us. Right. And we're at a stage where we have been to a lot of cities. We've kind of scoped the world. So we're kind of like trying to set roots in places. Right. So I think St. Louis is a great place for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, so- I've heard there's there's so many great new technical people coming into the city because yeah. you
0: know I, growing up i i didn't do
1: anything with technology you know i didn't still not yeah real, I, still, uh, I still i still don't and <laughs> and <laughs> the, the lawyers, uh, the yeah, lawyers I, over I, here not the yeah. most technical I, yeah i i can I, I still look at my phone like this you at did. first at first it was a joke <laughs> and now it's become habit the way i like look at my parents. phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I it's habit but it's really it's really awful habit but you know that, that's what I understand is technology is a great scene right now for the tech industry and for entrepreneurs like you. I mean, yeah. you're not a woman, but they had a big thing today where it's a great city for women entrepreneurs in the yeah. country. You know, So there's this, there's this fertile ground for more and more people like you to come in and actually develop a company here and start it here. I think that's really important, especially in a mid-sized city in the middle of the country yeah. that is affordable, that has a good work ethic and a good base of workers who can help. Well, One I mean, yeah, Fortune 1,000 companies, yeah. as you right. said earlier. Yeah. I mean,
2: crime rate. Right. Represent. Right. Right. Represent. I mean, yeah. yeah. Represent. <laughs> I know but, about that.
1: Right. But can you talk about that a little bit? Some of the scene that you're seeing here compared
0: to other places you've been. And, and yeah, so something that's particularly was interesting for me is like the, just the amount of corporations in the in the city. Right. Like not not like it's a decent sized city. It has huge cultural diversity. Like, right. I've I've probably been to, like, five ethnic restaurants in the last 10 days. Right. And that's my jam. You know? Right. That's what I yeah. do. Right, right. So, like, um, I just I just really have found people I resonate with here. Sure. Um, and it's it's cool. Like, it's not, it has never been intentional. It's been by accident. Like, I just walk, hey, right. cool, what do you do? Oh, I do this. Oh, you speak Portuguese, too? Oh, let's talk Portuguese for, like, 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just stuff like that that was really exciting. Um, I... I think those two reasons are the mixture of, like, my personal reasons and also my professional reasons why sure. I feel like it's a great city. And so I also moved here with my wife, who's huge on the art scene. Right. And there's a huge art scene here. Right. So it's pretty cool. Like, I mean, it has a bit of everything. And I, I could definitely see myself, like, having a base here, right? Sure. Is, is your wife an artist? No. So she she sort of is. Okay. Um, she did theater and psychology. Oh, excellent. So she, she has this pretty cool concept where it, she builds um, – she works with, like, a, she, her company called Motive Agility. Okay. And it's kind of building into emotional intelligence of people. Interesting. So there's a tactic that a lot of actors use. Right. To be good actors. Right. They actually are, use their Motive Agility and their facial expressions. Right. So she teaches you how to perfect that. Wow. And she does that online and via, like, grassroots movements. Like, right. Uh, women speak clubs. And very it's very interesting stuff because it's kind of how you met, actually. We met in Accelerator, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And... We were both in relationships at that time, but we met professionally, really. Right. And yeah, here we are a couple of years later, married. Isn't that but funny how it, things like that it's work? It's crazy. Out, yeah, yeah, it's really fun. So yeah, we were really happy here. She's originally from um, New York and has some Pennsylvania in her, too. Sure. Um, so it's cool. A, she says she has some Pennsylvania in her too. I don't, yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> it
2: sounds I, interesting. it <laughs> <a>, does that, <laughs> it just sounds like uh, you know, like it's a little bit of your ethnicity, like right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she, she's Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. speaks uh, she speaks Spanish and Portuguese too. Right, so. yeah. That's good. good. <laughs> she's got a little Pennsylvania, alright. Yeah, I she great.
0: never really lived there. Right, right. right, So, like, okay. but she has okay. the, she has roots from there. It's oh, pretty right. funny. Yeah. Right. yeah, they got too.
1: great snap and turtle soup up <laughs> in Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah i yeah. never yeah. heard of that. Oh, man. I, yeah, I went to a wedding out in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Shut up. You, no, talking? I mean, very serious. Yeah. <laughs> we were at a wedding in Pennsylvania and they served snap and turtle soup. Very nice. Where? Yeah. 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 Uh, it was about an hour and a half outside of, Pens- of uh, Philadelphia. And so I was eating some and turtle soup for an appetizer. It was really good.
3: Whoa! And it I was, thought I had some weird meat. No, it was hey. really, really
1: good, man. It's kind of like a lobster bisque with turtle. All <laughs> right. Good.
4: Okay. Yeah. Give me some
2: turtle. Yeah.
1: Give me some turtle, okay. man. Turtle, oh. man.
2: Hey, we're. Uh, I think we're running out of time here. Yeah. We appreciated having you, and I always ask this at the end of the the uh, show for anybody that's in your position, uh, for your position particularly in a startup uh, with a dream
0: what's the piece of advice that you give them? You get one piece of advice. So the main piece of advice I would give any entrepreneur, anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur is fall in love with the problem you're solving. Like that's the best thing you can do. Like I, I strongly believe that you as a person in this world, it's your job to also like pay it forward and create that good karma. So how is the best way and the most exciting way to do that is to fall in love with the problem that you're solving. And that's kind of what I've, Happened to do, luckily, I think. And that kind of gave me the perseverance I needed. Very nice.
1: Tell us how we can find you. Yeah.
0: Um, So you can find us at quema.co. So it's K-W-E-M-A dot C-O. You can add me on LinkedIn. It's Ali Al-Jabri. Yeah. All
1: right. Cool. Our producer, Dylan. Yeah. And it was, you know, after that very nice, beautiful closing by you, found us some mustaches in honor of Mustache Vince for Halloween. Mustache. So let's close it out the show, fellas, <laughs> with our beautiful... He's actually stick pretty good, Dan. No, actually, yeah. These actually stick really... <laughs> this is I'm speaking than... a little too soon, <laughs> yeah. but it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, you look yeah, great. Yes.
0: <laughs> you look really good, actually. I can totally pull it off. I, I, I just think, walk yeah. back and it's like little, It's a little askew. Yeah. It's a it little is. askew. <laughs>
2: Yours is askew. Mine's skew. Yeah. It's not askew? <laughs> it is definitely askew. Yeah, somebody... somebody uh, Run us out of here. All
1: right. uh, Listen, uh, thank you so much, Ali, Al, Jabri. Thanks for coming on. Be sure to check out Quema. Go buy it uh, online. You can order online at the store? Yeah. Yeah, order online. Uh, And thank you for tuning in to Outside the Law. We'll see you next week. See
3: you guys.
0: See ya.